Okay. Okay. So thank you for coming, everybody. Good morning. Good morning to everyone here, to all the chavah that have been learning with us online. Con- it continues to be very, very inspiring <coughs> and empowering. The sponsors for the month of Tevet by uh, Alon and Jenny Englenoff, Leilin Nishmat, Avram Chai ben Yosef Shemon. The week is sponsored by Zahav Englert and Norman Shapiro in honor of their son serving in the army, by Brandon and Lisa Beer for the Yorzeit of Shir Rivka Bat Elchanan Yitzchak, by Sharona and Ben Zion Blank, whose uh, son's wedding was last night. And... Is there one more? Uh, is there one more page left? Oh, actually, I have I have an extra statement. And um, also, you know, your sister's here. <laughs> and also, I want to continue to dedicate this week's learning, Leilui Nishmat Shachar Ben Shlomit. Shachar Ben Shlomit. That's Yardi's brother. That's the person we spoke about in Shir the other day. Yeah, I do the person that gave us a, uh, anyway, we'll speak more about him at another time. Shachar ben Shlomit, a gibor Yisrael, that um, fought for seven hours in Beiri and saved many, many lives. One of the many, 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 many giborim that we have. And just when you have a little, when you establish a little bit more personal connection to any, each one of these tzaddikim, it does something. So this is the someone I feel is so connected to right now, Shachar ben Shlomit. Okay, so we have we have a, we have such a beautiful beautiful Numa Amai to start learning from Rav Kluger. I'm, I'm so thankful to Hashem that we have Torah. I'm so thankful to Hashem we have opportunities to learn, and this is on Daf Kuf Gimel. But you, know, you take this, and then someone else will take the, another copy. Um, they're, they're out of print with the Sefer. I like all these. I don't know why Dafka this forum we choose is always they're out of print. <laughs> we should just start learning Mishnah or something. Or, uh. <laughs> yeah, this is a very important Sefer. Carvel Nafshi by Rav Kluger. So, obviously, seeing a word like Simchat Yerushalayim Yerachog, like Simchat in times like this, like, who, who could even have the chutzpah to start talking about these things? We're not talking about the type of simcha that would irritate us. We're talking about the type of simcha that is always, always relevant. But the kind of simcha, it's not, it's not really simcha, it's more shalvat nefesh. We're, we're speaking more today about the serenity of the soul. And I find this beautiful ma'amar, it's just a gift, and I just want to say thank you to Hashem that, you know, in times like this, there, there, there are tzaddikim that have been Makadim Trufala Makah, that have given us Torahs. Can you imagine if we didn't have Torahs like this to go through times like this? I don't know what we would be doing and where we would, how would we be functioning at all? Olam Neshamot, the world of souls, you know, is something that we're constantly, constantly, you know, going in and out of. Like sometimes I feel more that it's my soul that's running the show. Sometimes I feel more that it's my body, my physicality that's running the show. And the tension between the two is the seesaw that we experience in this, in this life, in this world. The back and forth of that. That's why we have such a powerful connection, attachment to tzaddikim that physically gave their lives, yet their souls are alive forever. Because we want to be not chas v'shalom like that. We want to be people that while we're, in, while we're here in the Shama Baguf, we want our souls to be running the show in harmony with the body. That's what we want. That's what we always speak about. It's the basis of so much of the, of the 
and the approach of the teachings that we've been, we've been learning for so long right now. Well, Rav Kluger, he's going to give a beautiful Hagdama in Ot Aleph, explaining to us where to trace this, how to trace the steps to do this type of work. These shiurim from Rav Kluger are very much their guides. They're kimat like step-by-step guides, like he did for, with us with the last ma'amar, of taking myself out of whatever I'm stuck in, observing and then choosing to proceed or to step away. That type of, that type of action, that type of ma'alach, that type of rhythm and flow is so crucial in our, for, for our days right now. So let's just jump right in. This ma'amar is called Simchas Yerushalayim Mirachok. Ba'ma'amar dilhalan navo be'ezrat Hashem le'miftan havana pnimit. We're going to be coming to the doorstep of a deeper understanding, please God. Shebinyan beit hamikdash hi simchat chayim. This is beautiful. Everyone's always in. Right now in the mornings, right after davening, the kolal chaver give over the few minutes of uh, of halacha. And we began a new topic right now, which is basically uh, addressing the question, do we have to wait for Mashiach to come in order for the Beis HaMikdash to be rebuilt, or not, and looking through it through all the poskim? Now that question, on a halachic level, has its own giderot, it has its own you know, lines and, and clear instructions whether, can you build the Beit HaMikdash before Mashiach comes, Always dependent on each other, nachon. But did anyone ever tell us that until Mashiach comes, none of us can build the base of Mikdash inside of us? No. No. Chas v'shalom. But what does it mean to build the base of Mikdash inside of us? Or what does it mean to attach ourselves to the base of Mikdash that's being built inside of us? He gave us two words. And these two words are amazing. What did he just say it's called? Simchat Chaim. Who doesn't want Simchat Chaim? What is Simchat Chaim? When I say those two words, what, is it, what does it scream out to you? Simchat Chaim. What do you think? Simchat Chaim. A joy that's not dependent on anything. Simchat Chaim. A baby comes to life. A baby. A baby comes to life. To be alive. Right, to be happy to be alive. Gratitude. Gratitude. What else? What else comes to mind? Samech bechelko, happy with what you have. Yefe, baruch atah adinai la'ina melachim shehakol miyabidbarim. Amen. That shehakol miyabidbarim. That simchat chayim. Ve'ilu. And on the other hand, mashmaut achurban ve'agalut he hefech simchat chayim. Destruction and galut is the opposite of simchat chayim. Rogez umetach pnimi. Rogez. Rogez can mean, it's usually translated as, as anger. Or did you ever, any of you, did anyone here grow up in an NRC cell besides my wife and my sister-in-law? You did. Brogez, brogez, le'olam, right? Brogez. What's brogez? Your kids know it, right? What's brogez? Brogez is like wearing gullus, like from each other. <laughs> There's a korban between them. Brogez, brogez, sorry, brogez. <laughs> I hear your Abba right now. Brogez. 
means inner tension. Inner tension. I don't know if what most of us are experiencing right now is what he's speaking about, meaning. Of course there's inner tension, but the inner tension we're experiencing is because of a national tragedy. Metach pnimi means that inside there is not shalom between the body and the soul. Simchat chayim hi kasher haneshama muchana lechadchila ladur b'shalom bayit im aguf. Simchas chayim is when the soul is prepared lechadchila, meaning it's not a bedieved. Lechadchila means I'm accepting that I am going to live with peace with my body, the neshama. But the neshama says, I'm going to, I get it. This is how you created. This is the fabric of creation. This is the law. This is the law, right? This is how it was created. I'm going to live b'sholom with my, with, my, with my body. Now, what am I going to do? L'ha'iro berachamim mikdushata. L'romemok fi erkova asagato. And I'm going to basically say, okay, my, my project in life is, I'm observing the fact <coughs> that I already know, I know I'm a soul. I know I'm placed in this physical world and in a physical entity, but I realize my job is, is that from the morning I would, moment I wake up and start working with my body, what's the first thing I do? I use my mouth to utter words of gratitude. Then I go either to the bathroom or to the nagel vasa by my, by, by my bed, and I wash my hands, and I, and I sanctify my hands. And then the rest of my day is basically this, this meeting with Moments of lifting up my body. My soul doesn't really need to be lifted up. My, my, my soul's in a, in a very high place all the time. It's my body in this world that needs to be elevated. What he's saying over here is that a situation of living in a state of exile and of destruction is when the soul is basically screaming because it's not satiated from the body, with, from living with the body that it was decreed to live upon. And I can't make shalom between the two. And I look at my body. Now, I'm, I'm not ta- I don't think he's speaking literally about the way each of our physical appearances appear. It's not so much that, although that's part of it too. But it's more, the fact, bless you, the fact that I have to function within a body that's, there's no harmony. It's not stemming. It's not working. It's not going together. He likens this right now to something so beautiful. People that are on spilkas all the time. How do you say spilkas in uh, German? Spalkas? <laughs> He likens it to a very clear example of saying, you know, you have to get somewhere or you want to walk in a certain way, but your child is not up to that pace. And I don't have, I don't have, I don't have savlanut, I don't have patience for their, for their pace, for their rhythm. Now, it's easy, like, when we look at it like that, we're like, oh, what a, what, a, what a horrible father, right? What about, you realize they didn't say mother, right? What a horrible father that doesn't have, that doesn't have the zitzvah, she doesn't have the savlanot to walk peacefully on pace with, with, with the son, bless you, right? With the son or daughter. 
come on, come on, come on, come on. And you're thinking, why would you expect the, the child to be able to keep up with you? That's very easy to look at it when we're talking about the outside, like a parent and a child. But he's saying that that's actually constantly what's going on inside of us. Our neshama is the parent, and our body is the child. Our neshama is the parent, and our body is the child. And we get so frustrated when the body isn't, so to speak, keeping up with the pace of the soul. You know, nezifa means, you know, you hear all the time in the news, that means when there's a diplomatic crisis, they always usher and they, they bring in the ambassador of that country for what's called a sichat nezifa. That means a uh, scolding, slap on the face type of... Right, not on the face, on the hand. Like a scolding argument, a scolding uh, conversation. He says, this is a bitter destruction. When I have not realized, when I don't look at the pace of my body and my soul like that, and what ends up happening is that there's just schlepping along, and it's not working in harmony and in unison. And somehow I think, like, it's a, it's a mamash, an onesh to be here in this world, which many of us feel like that quite often, but it stems from this non-acknowledgement that the point of being in this world is building a base of Mikdash inside of me, which means figuring out everything I need to figure out for the body and the soul to work together like a father and a child, like a mother and a, and a daughter. Now, Rav Kluger, we're going to see this later on. I learned it with the men about seven years ago, and it's a ma'amar called ma'amar hayeled. It is unbelievable. He harps on this a lot about, on the inner child stuff. Not just the inner child for the sake of sounding deep and sophisticated and all healing and everything, but seeing it in the realm of Torah and Hasidus is something that he does in such a unique way, which Bezrat Hashem will have the time to get to. <clears throat> now he's going to explain over here what causes quite often, what happens to us, why is it that we don't feel that it's possible for things to work in harmony. We do a lot of things. We do even a lot of good and holy things. He's not speaking here about a sinner. The soul is so holy, and the body keeps on sinning. He's going to speak here about the concept of the soul is what it is, and the body is busy doing holy things, but it's not bringing me any simcha. It's not doing anything for me. Re'e ma shekatav arav kadosh Reb Mendel Mivitapsk, Remember, we learned, we mentioned his name a number of times. We went to his kever. You did? In Tveria. The, the woman here, some of the women who went to his kever. Remendel Vitebsker is, is, is the first tzaddik from the world of the Baal Shem Tov to come here and make Aliyah to Eretz Yisrael, him and Reb Avram of Kalisker. And he has a beautiful, beautiful sefer. It's a, it's a hard sefer. It's called Pri Haaretz. And he writes like this. Like, they don't tell you this in yeshiva. They don't tell you in yeshiva, like, part of this whole game of learning and everything, you're supposed to enjoy this. This is supposed to bring you enjoyment. Why don't they say this? In, like, why don't they tell people this? Like, this is, this is the piece of the... 
it's not just supposed to be something that you have to feel like. You know, there's a bunch of Torahs, there's a bunch of Midrashim, there's a bunch of things that's saying, it's supposed to be, you have to sweat in tears and fight over it and cry over it and lose sleep. But it's also supposed to bring you a lot of joy. It's supposed to, you're supposed to lehenot It's supposed to be fun. Not a word, not a word that can be said in a formal, nachon. Kef. It's supposed to be, sha'ashuai. But if you're not enjoying, right? But the soul wants to enjoy. What ends up happening? I then lust a lust. I have a creation in me of a lust, of another desire. Next column. And also foreign thoughts, evil, bad thoughts. Because what I'm doing now is not making me, it's not bringing me any simcha. And it can't be that God wants me to be in this world and suffer. So I come up to the, I come to the conclusion and saying, if God is God and He's a Kel Melech Rachman, God doesn't want me to suffer in this world. You see, that's how, that's how always the beginning of the Chavah that are Poresh, the check out, it starts with thoughts that basically sound like this. They say, Listen, God put me in this world, and it's not, it can't be that God meant for me to suffer. And it's not working for me through, like, the learning stuff or the from stuff. So because I want to, like, justify God's decision to create me and bring me in this world, I have to find something that I'll enjoy. That's how it starts. Then it's the distance, but then, you know, from there, from that point, you check out completely, all in the name of God doesn't want me to suffer. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people that, 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 that began like this. I'm sure you have too. I'm sure you know people like this too. What happens to this? They push him away to foreign thoughts, to start going out of the box in a negative way. Now it's true. A person has to always ask themselves, when will my actions reach the actions of my fathers? Now, obviously, we all strive to emulate the midot that we're learning about, especially now in Sefer Bereshit, we're learning about the avot and imaot. Of course, we're supposed to strive to feel it. But the Yetzirah comes and says to us, and until you feel that, it's supposed to be suffering and pain. But then a person realizes, but wait a second, I was born into a completely <coughs> modern you know, world, I'm never going to... And it starts to make me feel chalishut adat. Because I realize, I'm never going to get... Chalishut adat means weakness. So let me just finish the paragraph and we'll come right back to you. So the person can come and say, listen, I'm never going to reach that place. So why bother? And that why bother question is, so to speak, in the name of making harmony between my soul and my body but it really disconnects me far, far deeper from anything real. But the, the, the Vitebsky is saying, but, but who says you shouldn't be happy even if you haven't reached Masavotai? Like who said that only when you reach the level of, like we're speaking about, about Mamash Dvekut, like the level of Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov, who said that until you get there, you're not supposed to be happy or satisfied with the moment? Now, we're, 
but we're ready, we're, tr- we're filtered, we're wired like this already. But Bemet, Chasidus Shem Tov is so big, I'm coming to tell you where you're at, at that moment right now. If you don't realize that this is enough to be filled with joy over, you're missing the whole point. It's the Yetzirah coming and, and covering up and controlling. And with the joy that I have right now, that gate of joy that comes from the mitzvah I'm in right now will take me to the next one. But we come into this, this place of like not being able to be one with the moment. Why? Because there's this... It's, 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 it's 2,000 years of exile of being so far from who we were, for, from what it was like, that we have completely seeped so deep into a more, like a more Western concept of success. And a Western concept of success does not really give any cover, give any honor to the success of the moment. Because it's all about the end. It's all about the success at the end. You know, sometimes I see guys that are plowing away with Dafyomi just to say they finished the Masechta. And it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. Now, it's hard for me to speak about this because who am I to try to like weaken someone from taking on something like Dafyomi? But if the point is that this, the, I'm getting through every page because I know I'm going to do a siyum, what simcha will the learning bring me? And if we're really honest with ourselves, after seven and a half years sitting with the stacks of Gemara making a siyum shas, and all I could speak about is the, the commitment of being day in and day out. But if I stand there and I ask, and tell me, you learned thousands and thousands and thousands of words and of sugyas of tzaddikim. Tell me about the simcha that the learning brought to you. I know what the answer would be. But they'd say, but that's not the point. The point is amelus, amelus, hard work, 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 work. <coughs> and the soul is saying, your learning was all about the body. It wasn't about the soul. Right? It's a, I know it's heavy stuff, but it's heavy times, and this is where we're at. Can I ask a question? I, I didn't forget you. I didn't forget. I, I, I really would want to finish his quote. We're in the middle of a quote, and that's why I want to stick to it. You say, <laughs> it's okay. It says like this Poshei Yisrael mileim mitzvot kerimon, avalenos tzelmeach venehenemimeno. You know that famous statement of Chazal that even the greatest criminals, the sinners in Am Yisrael, they're filled like mitzvahs, like a pomegranate, right? The only thing is, so everyone's wondering, so if they're, so, if they're filled with mitzvahs like a, like a pomegranate, how do they become poshim? Well, that's because they didn't enjoy any of the mitzvahs that they do. Criminals. Ma she'en ken, she'ismach b'ma'asav, ye'ichvod Hashem la'olam. Yismach Yisrael b'ma'asav, ye'ichem Hashem. This is the most beautiful passage. I love it. When a person is, finds joy in the moment of connection, of speech, of action, of whatever physical element I'm doing that is part of raising my body, and I have simcha in it, then the passage says, Yehi chvod Hashem le'olam. Then God's covet reigns forever. I, this, is a, this is such a beautiful, not just a beautiful, this is an essential teaching. This is an essential teaching of Chosidus. This is an essential teaching of the Baal Shem Tov, of the Rebendel Vitebsk, 
But it's an essential teaching of what we have to not just uh, teach Am Yisrael. This is the message we're supposed to give to the whole world. But if we're not owning this type of thinking, then who, who are we kidding? Which is supposed to be a holy temple for, for the whole world? Right? House of prayer for all nations? Jenny. <laughs> You answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, just because I was wondering, like, if you activate a drive and if you don't pair it with joy, the drive is still there, but then the body will take it elsewhere and then you become a sinner. So that was my question. Okay, if right. If you don't pair the drive with joy, then the drive is still there, but yet it's perverted in a way. Mm-hmm. Correct, correct. There's, a, there's always a drive for something because that's, that's what physicality means. Like, I have it. But you've activated it in the most holy way by doing it a uh, mitzvah, but if you don't pair it with the joy, the drive is still there. Correct, and it and looks then, for other out. And then it gets paired later with the next thing that you decide to have joy with. Correct. Maybe not the next thing, but whatever. whatever no, no, usually it is the next thing. Usually it is the next thing. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So look how he, he so the rest of this, 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 oh, sorry, yeah. Because there's not this like pressure of like yeah. I got it, yeah. 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 That there's a lot to say about that. That's there's a there's a lot to say about the Talmud Bavli versus Yerushalmi based on what you said, Torah Eretz Yisrael. There's a lot in what you just said. Mamash a lot. So okay, let's continue. For Rav Kluge says Bishlav Shlav, level after level. By the way, I, I should have said this before. Those of you that don't have the safer and you have these pages are for you, you can write on it and keep it and bring it back or I'll take it back afterwards, okay? Bishlav shlav, level after level, yitba'er le'alan, ketzad haya ha-shalom me'ir bizman ha-mikdash. There must have been something called simchat chayim that was around in the time of Beit HaMikdash. If that, he's saying that's what he's driving us towards. Living in a state of Beit HaMikdash had very much to do with unison and harmony of body and soul. This connects to a certain degree to the stuff that we're learning on Sunday mornings. So again, בשלב אחר שלב ידבאר להלן כיצד היה שלום מאיר בזמן המקדש, הן בפנימיוס משכן ישראל על אדמס קודשם, והן בכלליוס חייו הפרטיים של כל יהודי, that there was harmony, both in the actual Beit HaMikdash, in the Mishkan, right? But also, when I left the base of English and I, and I went home, it was, I was living a different reality. I was living a reality that, that seems to be based, seems to be like he's speaking about it over here. Now, I will say like this, that there are tzaddikim, there are some very righteous, holy people that even right now, in the reality that we're living in, they live like this. They do. They actually have this type of joy with every step of how they've elevated their physicality. They, they live like this. When they say a bracha and they're about to eat something, there's such joy over the fact that they're about to sanctify and lift up something physical because they realize right now, I'm fulfilling the reason why I'm in this world. Western mindset got us thinking about the always, did I do what I'm supposed to be doing in this world, right? 
And until I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing in this world, I won't let myself stop. I won't, I won't have any peace. I won't have any quiet. Right? And now, on the one hand, what a beautiful thing for a person to actually think about these things, but it could be the most dangerous thing. Because if it eliminates from you the ability to also find joy, not answering that question, but in the details, in the day-to-day life, then who, who, who's winning with that? Like, at the end of the day, is it, is, is it really a successful way of living where I'm just thinking about the end? You know, that acceptance to whatever it is, the seal? I think that sometimes we get stuck in the that it that it, it's supposed to look like a whole continuous thing. And I think what you said, like that it you know mo- finding joy in the moment of connection, is 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 like really key because we don't really value the moments in our you know paradigm of how we see ourselves and the world. And and I think that that's that's like a tikkun right to to value each moment of connection, even if it doesn't last. It, it 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 happened and it counted and it like changed us and it changed the world. Did it? Yeah. Did it change us? It will eventually if they add up. But but the neshama, but the body, that's the problem. The body says, if I don't see it now, I'm not going to wait until eventually it will change me. Meaning, simcha sachaim could be in the moment right now to feel, to allow myself to feel joy about living in the present. But if I'm if I'm banking on one day I'll feel it then one day I maybe won't no, feel that. I won't get there necessarily. No, but that's all I'm saying, like, that that to enjoy those moments, but then, like, if the moment doesn't last, not to discount that moment. Nachon, nachon, I'm with you, nachon. And that's, this is something I, I think I shared with you, that one time someone came to uh, Rav Shlomo after one of his concerts, and he spoke about Simcha, and, and he spoke about this concept that the Baal Shem Tov said, everyone has permission that for five minutes they can get out of hell. So let's get out of hell for five minutes. He, he took that teaching somewhere, right? Let's get out of hell for five minutes. Like, let's have pure bliss and joy for five minutes. So after the concert, a woman came up to him and said, hey, what, what good, you talk about simcha and everything, do you know what's waiting for me at home? And he said, well, I don't know exactly what's waiting for you at home, but I assume it's probably not so good if this is what you're saying. But that's not, but why, why didn't you grab the five minutes of joy that you had? Because of our, our minds say that if it doesn't last, then it wasn't, Nachon. And that's, the, that's a big danger, too. So it's good you brought that up. Yeah. Um, but it also reminds me of, of what Rabbi Nachman says, which is to start over. Start over and start over and start over and start over. Mm-hmm. So that you can keep, any moment you start over, you can grab at that. Right. Ayom ani matchil. Today I'm starting. Ayom ani matchil. Nachon. So let's go again. I'm reading from the top of this paragraph. We're going to speak about, we're going to understand much deeper what, the, what life was really like back in the day, in the time that we can, you know, that we could probably, uh, uh, if we really worked hard, you know, draw ourselves to with a lot of description, but also a lot of understanding what was going on. But not just that, we also have to understand how did that stop? And that addresses a question we definitely asked in the Sunday morning shirim, that if there was such harmony and peace in the time of Beis HaMikdash, how in the world did we ever lose that? What could have caused that to cease to be? And that's, the, that's what he's saying now. And how did, 
you know, children get, become exiled from the tables of their parents. Until today, the soul has been separated from, the, from its body until the, this actual day. I'm going to read that again. When a Jew is sar v'za'ef, is, uh, sar v'za'ef means like an agony. And isn't satisfied. Svaratzon means satiation of will, meaning I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, getting, I'm not getting what I want. For myself, liot birkat Hashem, to be someone that's filled with the bracha of Hashem. Klal Yisrael biotam bamidbar. So when we were in the desert, You know, we don't learn lemaisa, how to live our lives from the time that we were in the desert, because when we were in the desert, when we were wandering in the desert, Rav Kluger says we were like a soaring soul that was disconnected from what. From body, how do we know that? How, why, why is it that why we were in the midbar before we got to where we, we were supposed to get to, we were like a soaring, a floating soul that was disconnected from the body? Because what, what was what was happening to us in the desert? Complaints. <laughs> even that, even there, there was complaints. But in terms of what our physical needs were, it seemed that it was all taken care of. It was all taking manas coming down from Shemaim, laundry, it's all taken care of, it's all good. Protect. What, 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 what did we have to do? And, we're not, and that's why we don't learn about our, our real, our, the best version of us from the time we're in the desert, even though we were experiencing such tremendous miracles. They had the mana coming down from heaven, they had water from the well, Bishos Miriam and Kabbalah Torah mipi Moshe ve'Aaron. They had the Torah. They received the Torah from Moshe and Aaron. Tochasut betzel ananei kavod. They were covered and protected because of the clouds of glory. Ureya beira beyad Hashem hamanigat haolam. And you know what else I didn't have? Concealment. Reya beira. I had clear sight that Hashem is taking care of everything. That 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 was the way I experienced life in the desert. He's gonna. It's, it's great you're saying that because that's really how what he's gonna lead us to. Kol ele, but all these things we just described about this this supernatural re- reality, hinam hachana leledat nishmat Israel. That was just a, a preparation for the birth of what's called nishmat Israel. Now think about it. A fetus is the same thing. Nachon, it's the same exact thing. A soul before it comes down into, and descends into the body. A fetus before it ascends down to the body is still, it's, it's what's called is in this level of this heavenly knowing that Hashem is one. Now, this is what the fear right now, that's why the, the holy nyan of uh, when a woman is carrying a, a, a child and you know there's a lot of different things that I speak about not going to cemeteries, it's because it's carrying something that's so connected to a place that is, that is not at all related to the detachment that we feel here due to death. 
what death causes us to feel. But bichlal, the kedusha of anyone that has the privilege, everything should be, you know, everyone should, should, anyone that hasn't married this should marry this, and anyone that is marrying this, it all should be, everything should be holy and smooth. Mm-hmm. But we're, what we're speaking about, he's saying that's really like what it was. Like in the desert, it was like being in, in, our, in our mother's womb. But, but he says, Achadain zeatachlit, ki Hashem itbarach chafetz dafka beitchabrut elabriah. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking there's a word missing actually in the sentence we just we just read. Achadain ze lo hatachlit. You see that? You think that's what you think it could be a typo? Meaning, Achadain ze lo hatachlit, but this still isn't the purpose. Why? Because the purpose is ki Hashem itbarach chafetz daika beitchabrut elabriah. If you want to know what God wants, you know, God doesn't want us to be souls that have nothing to do with this world. Because if that's what God wanted, that's what would have been. And he would have never been sent down here. Mm-hmm. That God has like a dwelling place down here in this world. He created a world that offers us free choice, that we choose to sanctify our, our physicality. We choose to sanctify the mundane. Why? What's the reason? Because it feels good to us? What's the reason? It's a very simple answer, because that's what Hashem wants. Like, why are we working so hard? Why, why did Hashem send us down to this world? Because Hashem wanted us to make a dwelling place for Hashem down here in this world. How do I do that? By sanctifying the body. But the Baal Shem Tov comes and says, and don't think you could do that for real without having an element of joy in the moment of you doing this holy work. Because if you're not going to have an element of simchat chayim while you're doing the work of creating a dira, a dwelling place for God down here in this world, it's not a real dwelling place for God down here in this world. This is an amazing thing. Now, when you're in the when you're in the midbar, you're not connect, That's not you're not you're you're on your way to going to where you're supposed to be, like kashur to the bria in the way that God created the nature. But until you get there, you're not experiencing yet. Just like as holy as a fetus is, it's still not doing its job. It's still not actually doing what it's supposed to be doing in the world until it comes here and deals with the world. You understand? So far, so good. Hachibur ha'amiti benishmat Yisrael im guf, the real connection between nishmas Yisrael with the body, hechela biknisat am kodesh el eretz Yisrael. He's not bnei Akiva. You realize he's not. This is not like a Zionist sefer, right? This is so important. He says the real connection between the neshama of Am Yisrael and the body only began when a holy nation, which he says here is Aneshama, came into Eretz Yisrael, which is the guf, which is the body. Kol mahut ruchanit neshama. Any spiritual content, context, essence, is called a soul. Klape hanikra guf Everything in this world, any, anything in this world, the whole world is about light and vessels, body and soul. Right, so this is this is how he's explaining Eretz Yisrael spiritual. No, Eretz Yisrael is actually the place where the, where the miracles of the desert stopped happening. 
It's actually a very physical place, and we know, like, that here it's about mamash working, working, working the land, being very much busy with the land. And I just have to t- share with you this this thing because it connects to the person that I dedicated the shear for, and I I think I said it in the men's shear. Yeah. When was the last we learned on Sunday? I feel like it's a very auspicious time for a very specific nekuda right now in Am Yisrael. On Monday? On Monday I went down there? On Monday? I think it was on Monday this week. I went down to uh, the south. I don't think any of you were there. There's a few people here. And it's still impossible to share it and explain anything that I felt or saw or really smelled. But I want to talk about a, a people, a type, of, a type of person that I met. You know, down down there in in Kibbutz Be'eri, which is where we went, one of the one of the main, we spent a few hours there in the Kibbutz Be'eri, Churban Me'in Kamal, and on the other hand, Gan Eden. Also, when you, when you turn your head to a place that wasn't destroyed, the place looks like Gan Eden, this place, this Kibbutz. It's breathtaking, it's gorgeous, it's beautiful. And the people there, listen, this place was founded in 1947. So it's, it's a while. And the person that gave us the tour, his grandparents were for the founders of the kibbutz after they went through trans, the Transenstadt, is that what it's called in Germany? The Holocaust survivors, they came and started kibbutz Be'eri. Now, there's barely mezuzahs there. It's not, it's not a place we would go there to do Shabbatons pre, pre-October 7th, if you understand, right? It's not, it's not the Mahalach there. It's like... It, there probably isn't a lot of things we could eat and, and, and whatnot. And yet, the person that was giving us the tour, who's a Ben Kibbutz there, whose brother is the one that we dedicated the Shir for, Shachar Ben Shlomit, he's the one that, that was in, the, in that battle. There was something about him that I felt so, bad, so much that I wanted him to give over to me his Torah. Now, he... he I have no idea if he knows that there's something called Melachim Aleph. Do you know what I mean? There's not. So what do you mean his Torah? What do you mean his Torah? He's in Chaklaut. He's in agriculture. This is a person, and, and, the, and the, he is a refined human being. He's a refined individual. Miriam Sassen had met him. She already said, this is, if she says, this is a Heiligen Neshama, I'll take her word for it. This is a Mamash, a Heiligen Neshama, this guy. His name is Yarden. And we're working hard on getting him here for Shabbos. And his older brother is the one that was killed, and he gave us the Torah. And there was something about him that I said, I want his Torah. Like, not just I want to be close to him, there's a Torah that he has. And I'm, I myself am trying to understand what that means. And I felt the following is that he has been, and many of the Chevre there, their hands have been in Admas Eretz Yisrael. Their hand, their body, is working the body of the soul of Am Yisrael. They've been working on it. And, it's, and this person is so anav. He's filled with hachna. Like, he's not trying to be humble. His demeanor was, was so... Uh, it, it taught me so much. I just This kind of person, like, you just want to be around. And I was thinking more and more, obviously, you know, Eretz Yisrael is called Eretz Knan. It's the land of hachna. It's the land that, the more you connect it to the land, the more that anava becomes, you know, part of you. The place itself, on a Torah and mitzvah level, I went, I, I pulled out a book from the shul that was miraculously untouched, 
And I was thinking, why is there a shul here, Bichlal, right? So I, I walked into the shul, and there's a book there called Sipur Bekneset Be'eri. Story about this shul. So I opened it up, and I saw that in 2007, so that means how many years after? 60 years after the, shul, the kibbutz was founded, they had a vote whether they should have a shul or not. In 2007, there was a vote if there should be a shul or not. And they showed there the protocol, the first page of this book showed the vote. And the vote was 160 <coughs> versus 116 to have a shul or not. Right? This is, it was, I couldn't believe it. Like the whole thing was just, it was really surreal. And it obviously we mixed with so many emotions, didn't know what to make of it. So obviously this is a place that, and also everyone knows from Kibbutz Be'eri, it's the top of the top of the, of the harsh left wing. Mamash, right? Like this is Chever, there was a bullet hole in one of the windows and next to the picture of, a sticker of Shalom Achshav. Like this is really the chaver that 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 I've been living there for years, but there's something about this person. I said to myself, I need a Torah from him. Literally, there's something he has. What does he have? He has such an incredible chibur to the Adama Hakdosha of Eretz Yisrael of working the land, of producing from the land, that has, I believe, Mamash has given this person a walking Torah Chaim that he's completely unaware of unaware of. And I need, I myself want so badly to connect more to that. You know, we come back to concrete jungle here and, and <laughs> all our screens and everything. And, and I, I'm not saying that he doesn't have screens and everything, but he's mamash betocha adama. So what is, what is he, what is his world of Torah connected to? Whether he realizes it or not. He realized, he's so connected to an essential part of the Bria, of the Tikkun of the Olam. That Hashem, we, we were only born when the soul came into the body. Eretz Yisrael, Am Yisrael, in Eretz Yisrael. And I feel like there's such an opening right now to, to not just like, to do a lot of Kiruv, that he could do a lot of Kiruv on me. And yes, I'm using Kiruv as that, that, that's, that word that we don't like, but meaning... He can really, really makarev me to something essential that we're speaking about over here. And you know what? And I can also make, bring him the, the deeper meaning of it all. It's true. I'm not belittling it. But we got to meet. We got to meet. And it can happen now. And I'm working really hard on the infrastructure of what that looks like. I spoke about it in Shul the other week. And it's in the beginning steps of figuring out what that looks like. Because I believe that that meeting is what he's going to be speaking about here, and I know that that meeting would bring us such simchat chayim. That's the real simchat chayim we're all longing for. That I know can happen and will happen, as long as you don't get any one with any other agenda, you know, in the middle of it. Alavai, it should happen. So let's just finish up over here. Hachibura mi. Again, I'm going to read this paragraph, the second one on the page. Achibur ha'amiti ben nishmat Yisrael im guf. Achala b'knisat am kodesh al Eretz Yisrael. Kol mahut ruchanit hina neshama klapei ma shemechil u'mevatei ota hanikra guf biyachas elea. So again, any spiritual content is a soul in regards to that which contains it and expresses it. 
which is called a body in regards to the soul. Ko amar hakel Hashem borei hashamayim benoteem roka haaretz v'tzetzeya noten neshama le'am aleya veruach la'olchim ba. Pasuk from Yeshayahu Anavi. That the land itself, and, and the Gemara in Ksuvah says this Pasuk is speaking about Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael gives a neshama to the people that dwell on it. That's the point of the whole reason we came back here to Eretz Yisrael. And he was going to explain this. Nityashvu Yisrael ba'artsam, we've settled in our land. Le'ovda u'lehatzmicha, to work it and to make it grow. Le'garesh o'yvim, amen ken yehiratzon, to expel our, to, to have our enemies be expelled from here. Ve'latat metziut shel Yehudi al admato. And to plant a reality of a Jew on his land. Asku biyirusha ubiyishiva, bekibush vechiluk milchamot veshalam. He's speaking at the time of Yeshua. We came in here, we started dealing with all these things with inheriting the land, settling the land, conquering the land, dividing it amongst the Shvatim, having wars, what to do with the Shaal. <coughs> We built homes, we planted vineyards, fields. This is how this, this godly soul began doing what it's supposed to do in this world. This is, how, this is when Am Yisrael began to do what it's supposed to do in this world. He doesn't realize it, but he is really, this is really the most powerful explanation of a, uh, you can condense this into what Nefesh Benefesh's mission statement can be, right? We are providing an opportunity for Jews to do that which they were supposed to do in this world. Not just move here, but to work the land, to make a harmonious place for the physical body to dwell while its soul continues to soar. I'm so tempted to keep on going, but I'm keeping you so late already, so I think we're going to stop here. Um, but this is a, and it's fine, because I, I see where he's going from here. But we'll continue over here next week, Bezrat Hashem. Yeah, and I just want you to, I mean, there's a few very important things that came up, and one of them is that you know, try to see, try to do some homework on yourself. You can catch yourself to see what simcha is the next bracha going to give me? What, what's the next thing I'm doing just to say I did it? As opposed to, what's the next opportunity of sanctifying my existence in this world, my body in this world? How much am I just in the moment of it? And how much am I just thinking of, I got to keep on doing more until I finish the either 100 brachas a day, or the Nachiomi, or whatever it is that you're doing, <coughs> and start to see the par between the two. Because what he's going to show us here is that if I just get stuck on building the land, on building, to say I finished building the land, I finished building the land, I built that building, he's not going to talk about high-tech, but for our modern, you know, for our concepts, I did that, and then that became that entity. At a certain point, then the Shama is so not satisfied with things that think that thought that maybe the body thought will satisfy my soul, 
and I'll go somewhere else. Now we could take that example to very dangerous places as well. It happens so often in marriages when there's no concept of the privilege of just having a family is the greatest simcha in the world. How good or how bad or how sophisticated or how successful, all those questions come and take me away from being able to enjoy a rush of emotions getting out of the house in the morning. But I want to give you a bracha to hold on to Eviatar Banai. Why? He has a song, I don't remember, maybe remember the name of it, but when he speaks about, oh, it's called Chotzimitarechov. Because he, Chotzimitarechov. Why? Because he says, he's talking about the, the, the you know, life and, and, and the, how fast everything's going. And then he has a line in there and he calls it, Shigra Elokit Mevorechet. Which means, uh, Shigra is routine, right? Shigra Elokit Mevorechet. But there's something, and routine, usually in our minds, is like, oh, just grind. He says, the way a yid lives is shigra elokit mevorechet, a godly, blessed routine of just the mundane brings me simcha into the moment that usually just is a moment of I, what's next. I got to get there and do that. But tuning into the shigra elokit mevorechet is a moment of simchat chaim. And you're right. Does it last past 8.30? Maybe yes, maybe no. It's not the point. That's already Amalek. It doesn't last. These are Nikudot that we're going to continue to develop in order so that we could be people that are walking around with enough moments of Simchat Chaim in our daily lives till we can connect the dots and make it one continuous experience of harmony between the soul and the body in this world. So I know it's high stuff here, but I think we're up for the task. Okay, have a beautiful, peaceful and please God, a real, real, real Beit HaMikdash kind of day by making the mundane moments of Beit HaMikdash. Amen.